the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports stance. I'm your host Greg, and with me, as always, he was ho ho hoing a few days ago, but now he's back. He's rested. He's eating all his cookies. Didn't have that much milk because you know why? Why fill up on dairy? It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? I am great. Did you call me a ho ho ho? Better than a whore ho whore. Oh my goodness, those are <laughs> wor- those are fighting words. Exactly. I also just kind of called you Santa Claus, so. That's cool. I am Santa Claus. Don't tell anybody. They'll be trying to knock my doors down. I was going to say, what are they going to try to do? (laughs) Everybody loves the fat man. And then you're kind of like the Santa Claus. You know, you get your winter weight and then you just lose it all. But you've just been losing it all. So, Papa, eat something, Papa. Yeah, you're looking like, uh, what's what's that one from? Christmas? No, I I don't remember any of the names of those movies. Well... The year without a Santa Claus was the one when he got sick. No, is this Santa Claus is coming to town? Yes, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's skinny, and then he's fat. Yeah. He's young and he's old. I played that for uh, your two-year-old grandson, and he was really not that interested in that one. It's kind of eh. It you is. Know, it turns into Mrs. Claus, and she gets old and fat. I mean, that's yeah. a terrible thing. It's a, it's and a by weird. the way, those cartoons are pretty dark and very inappropriate. <laughs> But for the time period, if you sit and watch that thing, I don't know if they could put it on TV and make it today. Well, nowadays, yeah. Now you can look at it, but it has the nostalgia factor. So people. That's the only reason they play it. It's horrible. (laughs) Plus, all the reindeer in Santa's sleigh are females, we found out. That's right. And it's historically incorrect. It is. Uh, Or genetic, not genetically. Yeah. Anatomically. I don't know, whatever. Anatomically? Anatomically, correct. There we go. I think, yeah, we're trying to get all sciencey here. Let's just get into sports. That's what we do. That's what we're good at. That is. What we're not good at? Well, not me, at least this past week, because I was overconfident in the Eagles facing the Cowboys. But our locks for last week, Paul, congrats to you. You finally ding, got ding, one. Ding, 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 ding. I got one. <laughs> I, I was mad, so I picked the bills over the pats. And cover the spread. They not only covered it, they smothered it. I was gonna say, I think I, they tripled uh, what the spread was. I was watching the game, and I was going to change the channel, and I thought, "What else is on? Do I have any paint to watch dry?" <laughs> it wasn't but much on, I, but that wasn't good. I, I stuck with it, and I watched it. Um, really, very a, a sad state of affairs. It is, but so, it's okay. It is. Your it team is. had already been eliminated from the playoffs. My team, the Eagles, who I picked, we went with you went with against your home team. I went for my team. I went the Eagles over the Cowboys. It looked really, really good the first quarter. They were up 14 to 3. Things were going the Eagles' way. 81 yard pass to Deshaun Jackson. Then Fletcher Cox got hurt. He was out for the game. The defense decided, well, pff, he's gone, so. Let's just give up three 50-yard-plus touchdown or three 50-plus-yard passes, which equals how many the Cowboys had up until then the whole season, and just completely crumble as a complete secondary unit 
and Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter reverted back to a pumpkin, had two interceptions and a crucial fumble. And uh, yeah, it made me go from being like Jalen Hurts is the future to, oh, okay, well, he's kind of just like once and this team just can't get out of their own way. Well, the uh, calling the game on ABC, they trash Bill Belichick, they trash the Patriots, they trash Cam Newton. They couldn't say enough again, uh, good about the Bills. Um, and hey, God love him, right? He put together a team. He took some draft picks. He's got a quarterback that you know, he, he looks like he's 12, other than the beard. And man, that kid can throw. And accurate, like a laser. Well, yeah, they also, you know. They made a big okay. trade for Stephon Diggs, who is their number yep. one. He has over 100, he has 120 catches and almost 1,500 yards receiving, which are both Bills records and number one in the league for receivers. So they went and made the moves they need to, whereas the Patriots go. So I know the season's about to start. Is there anybody available for quarterback that we just like could maybe pick up for a few bucks? Hey, or hey, there's a guy in a cab driving by. Hey, I know we have that first round pick, but what if we trade it? take a division two safety in the second round that nobody's ever heard of. Don't take any wide receivers to help build our wide receiving core. And I won't really pick anybody up in free agency that could help. Do you think that'll work? By the way, I know we just lost Tom, but do you think that would work? I have a conspiracy theory. Bill just wants to do terrible. He wanted no team. So we could say it wasn't Tom. It was the rest of the team, but they're not here anymore either. So I don't know. Uh, but it does lead me into the first thing after recapping our locks of yours doing well, mine doing crappy. The Patriots got demolished. They fall to six and six and five, six and nine on the season, six and nine. One game left against the Jets to, you know, win and potentially screw your draft position even more. But my question for you as a Patriots fan, looking at it, do you think if Tom Brady were even in? New England this season as a Patriot. Does it make any difference with what you guys had on the field? I think not. I think when you have nobody to throw to, you have nobody to throw to. Not that he's that accurate, because when he was throwing, Cam was throwing, not so good. Tom can throw like a laser, but when there's nobody out there, what are you doing? The, the, the line couldn't give Cam any time. Um, thank God he's agile and, you know, I, what do you have the second most rushing yards on the team? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think this is another, uh, another Wentz. The, hey, hey, hey. It, <laughs> I, I think it's another situation where the coach and, and well, he's, he's pretty he much had multiple 200 yard passing games this year, at least when so yeah, well, <laughs> he I, knows I, how to I, throw I mean, the ball. It's just not I mean, well, <laughs> the blame game. I mean, the blame. Yes. Game. I think, you know, this falls squarely on putting a crap team together and having no quarterback. I don't think any quarterback could do anything with that team. It's sad when that bad defense is the best thing you have. They're bumping it. Did you watch them? They're bumping into each other oh, on the field, it. falling down. Horrible plays called. Just atrocious. It. I don't know what happened. I, I can't believe. I, I know that he might be the uh, heir apparent to the throne, but I cannot believe the offensive coordinator for the Patriots didn't bail. I, I just don't get it. He's going to be left holding the bag if it's any time soon. Yeah, I mean, 
we've talked about this for a few weeks now because the Patriots have gone from a roller coaster of a team of, hey, maybe they make it, maybe they make a run, maybe they don't, to, okay, no, they actually are just that bad. Cam Newton has had his pass yardage continuously go down every game, I think, since the beginning of the season. And I remember when they played Seattle and he put up 400 yards and everybody was like, this is going to be great. Cam is the guy. Let's give him the extension right now. Let's let's do it. Oh, this is going to be really good. Everybody thought we needed Tom. We don't need Tom. And then brick wall, literally stopping every single pass, apparently, from him going to anybody. But Bill has shown over the past five years, at least, I'd say, the inability to draft anybody of value who can step into a role that can actually help the team out. You can look at Sony Michelle and guys like that and say, yeah, like they've done decent, but he hasn't had any big star, like, oh, they're on the verge of a Pro Bowl. They're in the Pro Bowl. Like none of that. He doesn't really do much in free agency. So like, it's hard to look at that team. I do agree with you. I think if, even if Tom Brady was there this year, as much as he was able to cover up in years past for the inefficiencies in different areas on the team, I think this year would have been asking too much for a 43-year-old quarterback who at times even struggled with all pro wide receivers in Tampa Bay, but he had those playmakers who could help out. He had a defense that was capable of stopping teams on drives, whereas you have guys struggling to get off the line and get open in five seconds. The Eagles had the same issues for most of the season, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Tom Brady makes a difference. I don't think Tom Brady made a difference this year. The difference would have been, they probably would have just finished over 500. And, and maybe, maybe not a mass exodus. Yeah. I think it would have been nine. They would have probably been nine and seven if Brady stayed. I don't think that team could physically perform better than that. Yeah, I, I just don't I, think they I, could. I, just, I think they would have won like the I, I Denver the game. Going on. From the... Yeah, it was I just know. bad. I, I, I just. You had a loss. It, it's work. like throwing the ball. You, you watch Cam Newton, and he, when he does have the opportunity to throw, he doesn't even throw it at his ankles. He misses him by four. It drops four feet in front of him. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, the dude's wide open. I don't know. I, I just. I know it's not fair to throw him completely under the bus, but no, no touchdown in four games so far could be no touchdowns in five games, which leads me to my must watch. <laughs> what also makes you wonder, you mentioned a tweet you saw about Jared Stidham. Like what, why not give him a chance? I said last week we shouldn't. And maybe Cam Newton because of all of this. And I thought halfway through the game yesterday, I said, Stidham has to get in there. You have to. Unless you have plans and you're getting rid of Stidham too, how do you not put the guy into the game, at least give him some experience? But what would even if what would it matter? Even if you planned on getting rid of Stidham, like if you planned on cutting ties with him, he still has, I think, a year or two left on his contract if he even shows an ability to potentially be an NFL quarterback or suitable. There are teams that would trade you maybe a sixth or seventh round pick for him to be a backup if they don't believe their backup is good enough. If it's a personality thing, let the guy show what he has so you can move that value up a little to get something, as you said, get something. But, hey, let's have no quarterback. Let's trade the guy we didn't give a chance. I don't know, maybe at practice he throws the ball and it goes backwards. I don't know what the hell's going on. But they even said, I remember hearing that about Jimmy Garoppolo, and they said it's 
a difference of when he was in the game to practice was a world difference. He was terrible at practice, but when he was in the game, he was phenomenal. They're like, some guys just aren't good practice players because the repetition isn't their thing. It's the, they need to be in the moment to perform. Maybe he's going to use Stidham as part of a trade, get his boy Jimmy back in a five-way trade. Who knows what he's got up his sleeve, and he doesn't want to show Jimmy crapping out on the field. It's not going to be I mean, not. Sit him crapping out on the field. He doesn't have anything up his sleeve, let's be honest. If Bill had anything up his sleeve, he would have done it before the season started because there was no way he wanted to look worse than what Tom was doing in Tampa, and he's going to by not even a close margin. Horrible. Yeah, it was not good. And and self-inflicted. Yeah. No, no. I fully put 99% of the blame on Bill and his whole preparation for this season. I get there was COVID and things like that, but. Everyone had it. Bill needs to, Bill needs to own up and be like, listen, I mismanaged the cap. I mismanaged the personnel we got for this team, how we coach them, all of it. Like. His wheelbarrows of money. But apparently it's all tied up. Like, where is this money tied up? What talent is there outside of Stephen Gilmore? This is, we've talked about this before. There's nowhere I look that I go. Who hopefully comes back. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it's, I don't yeah. think he wants to. Yeah, I don't think. Well, lucky for him, he gets to have surgery, so he misses the final few games. <laughs> yeah, anything, right? <laughs> I have a slight, I think it's his quad muscle he has to get surgery on. But, Man. Uh, besides the Patriots quarterback woes, we've talked about the Eagles and their quarterback issues. Jalen Hurts, at the end of the day, went one and two as a starter so far. He has one more game against the Washington Redskins where he can play spoiler for them. And it's weird. I kind of want the Eagles to lose on Sunday, one for draft pick purposes, but two, if the Redskins win, they're the NFC East champions. If they lose and the Cowboys win, the Cowboys are the NFC East champions, and I just really don't want that. Granted, they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs because they'll run into Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, and they'll just get wiped out, and then their draft pick will be worse. But I'd really just rather them not even be able to say we won the NFC East. (laughs) But, so he can at best be 2-2, and First two games, he played phenomenal. This game, like I said, first quarter, he played phenomenal. But then we saw the rookie quality of him come out. Two interceptions on plays. He was trying to make something happen. Then on a rushing play, he fumbled. And it was key. They were in within the 20-yard line of Dallas, down by two scores late in the game. So it was another key turnover. So it makes you then have that back and forth of, okay, he looked good. The offense played pretty well but do you still have to give once the shot next year once everybody's healthy once you go through an actual offseason again because he is your starter signed for the next four years you've gotten value out of Jalen Hurts you know he's there you give Carson a short lease you go listen you get three or four games you show us that you you know are you've changed you can make the throws you can make the decisions that we know you can If you can't, we're trading you or we're cutting you because at that point, they'll already have had some of the money taken off the books. The dead money hit won't be as bad, but I still feel like open competition or open competition in the summer. They each play a half every time of football. Best man wins the job, something like that. You got to figure it out. It's going to, there's going to be issues no matter what. 
but I'm now at the point where I don't know 100% that I can say, let's move on to Jalen Hurts. Let's move on from Carson. Yeah, some rookie mistakes. Um, better get it out now, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, all the stars have to align for them to move forward. They're not going anywhere if they do. Yeah. I say either, either have that conversation with them and cut your ties or keep them on the short leash. You know you have a decent quarterback well, in yeah, the backup. It, they're either going to trade him or he's going to stay on the roster. That's really the only two options they have. Cutting him does nothing for anybody. No. More so basically the Eagles. Right? Cutting him outright kills the Eagles more than it would trading him. Yeah, you got to trade for something. Yeah, you got to either keep him as your starter or trade him. But we're going to move on from that because – well, we've kind of beaten that horse to death in the past three weeks talking about it, and I'm sure we will next week too. But speaking of cutting and the NFC East, the Washington football team made a move yesterday to release Dwayne Haskins, the 15th overall pick from the, I think it was 2018 draft. So it's his second season. Things have not gone well for him. He got cut. Basically, you can there are people that are making the argument that he got cut because he's an African-American quarterback and playing the race card and he didn't get a fair shot. And if all that things, 99% of the people though are coming out saying he got a fair shot. Like he has made dumb mistakes. He has, the team has seen these mistakes. He hasn't proven anything on the field. He has repeatedly broken COVID rules. He has been photographed at strip clubs more than once without masks on things like that. He's basically James Harden NFL version. Uh, he walked out on the team the other day when he got benched. Like he has done nothing that makes you say, this is a guy I want on my team. doesn't matter who he is, any of that. So they cut ties. He came out saying, I need to do better as a person and as a player, hopefully, basically, hopefully trying to say, hopefully another team takes a chance on me. I am sure he is young. He is decent. There's a team that'll take him and sign him, whether it's to be a second or third string quarterback. But I got to ask Paul, does it shock you that Washington just outright cut him? Or do you think after all the different things, because he's done more than one thing, he's had a few different mistakes off the field and on the field where he hasn't looked like the best teammate. Does it shock you that they cut a guy only in his second year after taking him in the first round and with the 15th pick? I think there's probably a lot of conversation that went on behind the scenes. I think that, you know, straw that breaks the camel's back is you just can't behave. Um, COVID violation after COVID violation, you're supposed to be a role model. And they said, dude, one more, you're done. Yeah. Before you sign a multi-million dollar contract, out, gone. Will somebody pick him up? Oh, yeah. Most likely. They will, but are they going to put up with that nonsense? No, I mean, but he also, I think, realized that. He even came out, he said, I take full responsibility uh, for not meeting the well, standards of an NFL quarterback, and I'll become a better man and a better person because of this experience. And yeah, it also agent, shows. Think his agent put that in his ear because he's not going to get a job if he doesn't? Well, I mean, it didn't help him. And two years ago, he told the NFL, he said, to all the teams that passed up on me, look out. And people are like, well, you didn't really do much to help your case there. 
So, and also Ron Rivera's in his first year as coach there. He basically went up to Dan Snyder, the owner, and said, listen, he's not doing what he's supposed to. He's breaking rules. He's, we gave him a chance. They also let him start the game after being photographed at the strip club. Like he broke rules. He got tested, obviously he was negative and all that, but they still allowed him to start the game. Like they didn't have to do that. But then after he was benched halfway through the game, cause he was playing terrible. He basically left the field and was done. Like didn't, didn't even act like a professional football player in any way. And we've seen it happen too with like Garrett Blunt a few years ago. He walked off the field with the Steelers after he was taken out and the Steelers said, all right, well, you're cut. Different because Blunt had been in the league for a bit. Haskins is only his second year. And as a top pick, he had a five-year deal. So he's going to count for $9 million or so in dead money for the Redskins next year. But that's something they're willing to deal with or willing to deal with, not willing to deal with. And take the de- dead money hit because they just said – he doesn't deserve to be in our uniform, essentially. I'm glad to see it. Have some balls. Yeah. I mean. And, and you know, he's going to apologize because the guy needs a job, right? He's got some talent, maybe. Um, but he has um, clearly his morals are a little bit cockeyed. Um, and, hey, off field, you're representing. You have that uniform on, whether you have it on or you don't have it on. Grow up or get yeah. out. And that's, I have no problem with what they did. It's not a race card. It's no, a guy making some bad mistakes. Things like that, people are always going to play the race card. Of course and people, but people can throw it right back and say, okay, Ron Rivera is also one of the few minority head coaches in the league. And by the way, understand. he's the one that cut him and went yeah. to ownership and said, hey, I'm done. I'm done with yeah. this guy. Exactly. So it's, it's not the race card. It's the, the guy gave him every chance and he keeps spitting in his face. Yeah. You're done. And you know what? Maybe he does learn because he's young. He should. I mean, work on Andy Reid. You think Andy Reid's going to put up with that crap? Exactly. Nobody's going to put up with it. Hopefully, he learns from this. But only time will tell. Just like our locks for the week and our must watches for the week. But before we get to those, take a quick listen to our ad by my bookie. The NFL and college football seasons are wrapping up and heading towards the playoffs and bowl seasons, along with the NBA and NHL seasons right around the corner. There's no better time to get in on the action than now. Support the 12-ounce sports team by going to mybookie.ag and signing up today using the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS, all caps, no spaces. When signing up, MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. That's right. $1,000 on your first deposit will be matched by MyBookie when simply typing in the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS. All caps, no spaces. And just remember, as always, gamble responsibly. That's right. Like I said, always remember to gamble responsibly. We are back now with our must-watch and lock picks for the week. Paul, do you want to start with your must-watch? Well, I have a must-watch because I want to see if we can end the streak of no touchdowns in 12 quarters. So it's the New Jersey Jets. See my logo. Who have, who have um, won t- at Sidekick Paul 83 on Twitter. 
You got to remember okay. to include that. Okay. <laughs> just well, saying, look know, at my logo. There's a podcast, Paul. Nobody can see a logo outside of our <laughs> sports dance logo. Well, I'll get there. One day. Uh, so the New Jersey Jets at the Patriots. Um, truly, Patriots have performed horribly. I, 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 I'm and the king favorite. of a thousand chances. Can we get a touchdown? Can they're we get favorite a in this game? I don't get it. The the Jets are on the hot streak right now. They've won two of their past. I think they've won their past two games or two of the last three. Like they're the ones on the hot streak. So I'm going out on a limb on this one, and giving it to the Patriots. <laughs> oh man, look at that! Look at that big. You have a you have a crappy team versus a crappier team. Yeah. Well, you go out on a limb. I I I'm going out on a limb with the Patriots because man. You do have to score in order to win, right? That's that's kind of a uh I've a heard given. that helps. Yes. You know, the team that scores the most points is the team that's going to win. Thank you, John Madden. Yep. Um yeah, I just it's a must watch. For me it's a must watch because I have to have hope that they're just not that bad. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, and the Jets are worse. New Jersey Jets are worse at the moment at least. That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess must watch just to see if teams know how to score points in that game. The Jets have shown they know how to lately. Is there a... Patriots, not so much. Is there a prize for the least amount of points in the second half of the season? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's called a be- better draft pick, but the Patriots still somehow managed to screw that up. So I'm sitting watching the Patriots game, and before it was a total blowout, and you maybe have a slight chance. When it was 10-9, I was like, wow. And a team is going for it on fourth down like a steamroller because every time they do it, they get the first down. They, you go offsides. How do you go offsides? I, I'm out of my mind. And then, oh, wait, wait, wait for it. An interception. Let's call back because what are we? We're offsides. Sloppy <laughs> junk. Sloppy junk. Anyway, I still think the Patriots are going to win. <laughs> okay. Well, my my must watch for the game week is an interesting one. I went with one with playoff implications all over the place. It is the Rams versus the Cardinals. But there's a wrinkle that's been added to this game. Jared Goff, who I mean, granted, has not performed that well this year at most times, will be out. He's underwent surgery to stabilize a broken thumb. So he won't be in the game. And therefore, John Wolford, who has never appeared in an NFL game since he went undrafted out of Wake Forest in 2018 will be tasked with taking on the Cardinals and having the Rams playoff hopes rely on his never touched before shoulders. (laughs) How screwed up is this dude's thumb? Goff's thumb. It's got to be bad. Well, yeah. So what needs to happen for this, the Rams to make the playoffs. There's two scenarios. One, they beat the Cardinals, they're in. The other is the Packers beat the Bears, and then it doesn't matter. The Rams are still in, even if they lose. But the fact that you have to rely, you never (laughs) want to have another team hold your fate in your hands. But right now, I feel like that's kind of what they're playing. I think they're kind of playing that whole, listen, we'd rather Jared be healthy for the playoffs because we're assuming we're going to make it even if we lose to the Cardinals. Like, that's the game they're playing. They're playing, though. We assume we're going to make it despite losing. 
because they assume the Packers, who are 12 and three, and technically need to keep playing their starters because they're going for the first round bye and they have a one game lead only. So they do technically have a game, something to play for. But the fact that you have to rely on that is astounding because the Bears have looked really good since, dare I say it, Mitch Trubisky has come back as their quarterback. It's weird, but they have looked like a very competent football team. But I can't wait to see what John Wolford does having never, he's never even thrown a pass, Paul. (laughs) He has never thrown a pass in two years in the NFL. He's never even gotten in like junk time. Like he's never just been like, hey, go in there. Take the knee. Take the knee for the last two plays. Just just (laughs) one. We're up like 30 points. Just go throw a ball. See what happens. None of that. None of that has ever happened. And they're like, Okay, now you need to go in at the most crucial point of our season and try to win. By the way, we don't have our top running back, and obviously Jared's out, so it's it's all on you. That's a good must-watch. That's a that's another good reason to watch it. Let's exactly. hope, wouldn't it be just insane if this kid just blows up the field? It would, it would be, be hilarious awful. if they're just like, yeah, Jared, we're actually not gonna have you. Thanks for one situation. Surgery. He got an extension Hello. too. He just got an extension. Him and Wentz were the number one two picks. Imagine if they both got just dropped because of the back. Yikes. Oh, that would that would be something. Oh okay. I like your pick. Thank you. Now it's time for our locks. I'll go first with mine. You know, we'll trade back and forth here. We're we're nice like that. Yeah. I'm going up. with the Houston Texans. Outright win slash cover the spread against Tennessee. So they don't, the spread right now is seven and a half. I think the Texans, I actually think the Texans just outright win, but if they don't, I think it'll be a close game because I don't know if you saw it, but did you see what JJ Watt came out and said after the game on Sunday? No. So after the game, they lost JJ Watt basically came saying about how you need to give 100% effort all the time. Guys that aren't doing that don't deserve to be in the league. He's like fans come out. He goes, our fans come out hours before the game just to come and show us support when we're warming up things like that like you play this game for the fans you play it well you play it right basically he just like went off saying how if you don't respect the game 100 you shouldn't be playing the game and if you don't respect the fans 100 like what are you doing like you need to be dedicated to your team and to the game all the time so I think somehow that lights a fire under the Texans who aren't a bad team. They have just had a lot of bad mistakes at the end of games. I think they've twice this year fumbled within the 10 yard line of either tying or game winning drives and lost. I think they fumbled in the end zone against Indianapolis like two weeks ago to lose the game. Like with 10 seconds left, like that's the type of season they've been having. So I think they outright win or I think they lose by less than the seven and a half that it's at right now against Tennessee. Tennessee needs to win to get in. They lose. I think they're out. So they also would be playing spoiler, but that's my lock. Put in that into my bookie and smoke it. I like it. So I got a lock just because of sheer record. Um, we got Ravens versus the Bengals at home. Hey, Bengals been hot. Bengals been hot. <laughs> They've been hot, but they're not that hot. Ravens are going to crush them. Um, 
it's a lock. And my bookie baby, bring it put to the bank. In, put that. <laughs> put it in those offshore banks. That's right. I like it. <laughs> All right. So that's our locks again. Mine is the Texans outright winning or just not losing by the seven and a half points. Paul is taking the Ravens covering the point spread. Lock those in. So Paul, outside of that, speaking of teams, you know, like I said, the Packers are fighting for that number one seed still. Chiefs have locked up their number one seed. I believe the Bills and the Steelers are kind of set where they are. I think the Bills technically have to win to lock it in. But the Steelers basically said we're good with the three seed. They're putting Mason Rudolph in as their quarterback for Sunday. They're resting Ben Roethlisberger. The Chiefs, I'm pretty sure, are probably going to rest most of their starters too to not chance anything. Plus, they get those guys an extra week of rest for the Chiefs. How hard is it, do you think, as other teams, as the opponents, like the Chargers and I believe the Browns, the Browns are actually playing for something, so they should be getting amped up. But the Chargers are basically going to get against backups. How hard do you think it is, you tweeted it out, to play against a team who's basically resting all their starters? Like, it's kind of a slap in your face being like, well, we don't need to play our guys against you. We're good. We're good. We think, you know, we don't care if we want to lose. We got this locked. We're not going to chance hurting some getting hurt. Now I'm in the head of the guy that's on the opposing team. I'm going to go out and get hurt. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a don't watch every single one of them. I, I just can't get motivated to, to watch it. Never mind get motivated to play in it. What if you ruin your career in that game? You have a career-ending injury in that game, and they're playing the guy that, you know. If he gets hurt, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, they they care, like they feel bad for them, but it doesn't ruin their chances moving forward. It's like the preseason, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, Oh, a fourth string guy just had his head knocked off. I don't get it. I I totally get it, and we're going to sell a boatload of advertising. And you know, I always go back to the money. Um, It's a opportunity for the other team. Now I'm the coach of the opposing team. I don't know. I don't care if, if you're going to beat me, I'm kill me, but I'm playing everybody that never got any playing time who I think possibly might have some backup status into the next season. I don't know. Yeah. I, hey, maybe somebody like a Jared Stidham or anybody <laughs> like that, right? That game is meaningless. Just give the guy a shot, but Maybe he can get a touchdown. I don't know, but I don't know if you know this, but since the Patriots were eliminated two weeks ago, all their games are meaningless. So I know again, we go back to it. Just doesn't make sense. Why isn't Jared playing? I don't know. Uh, We'll have to have Bill on to talk about it, and he'll probably give us a one-word answer in a twenty-minute span. So, but yeah, no, I agree with you to an extent. Of it has to be hard to get up for games like that when you know the other team. You're not going to be facing Patrick Mahomes. You're going to be facing. I don't even know who the backup for the chiefs right now is like, you're not having Travis Kelsey out there or Tyreek Hill, which by the way, Travis Kelsey, I think broke like a bunch of records and he's not even going to be playing in the final week of the season. So tells you the type of season he had, but yeah, it's hard to get up for that. It's hard to get up for those games. Uh, All I can say, especially on top of that is boy, am I glad fantasy football seasons ended this week for the majority of us, including our league and a few other leagues I was in, I'm just using this now to gloat to the fact that I was three for three, Paul, in fantasy football championships. I walked away with a little bit of extra green in my pocket and a bottle of bourbon owed to me by my brother, who I beat once again 
in our family Four league. Pete. Is that your name, Four Pete? Yeah, Four Pete in the family league. Uh, first time 12-ounce sports champion ever in the existence of 12-ounce sports network history. Uh, start the Fantasy Football League this year. Came away the champion over Aaron from Vegas Squares podcast. After a, in, I just crushed him. I had Alvin Kamara. I won like 206 to 119 or something like that. So that was a no pressure type one. My other ones came down to Stefan Diggs absolutely annihilating the Patriots. So that was fun for me. But yeah, uh, that was really while I just used that whole little space there for to gloat about my fantasy football teams and how I am a fantasy football genius, apparently. You were the you were the fantasy man this weekend, I'll tell you. Good for I, you. I also won a little extra money on DraftKings. You know, that was nice. Uh was up like $40 there total. So that was nice. I didn't win anything, but I didn't lose. That's fine. I'm just, I was just, my fantasy in general, just all, whether it was daily fantasy or fantasy football, I was just, I was having a good weekend. And you kept it on the East Coast. I did. I kept it on the East Coast for the family trophy. It's not going out to the West Coast. That's all that matters, trust. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> if right. I had to be beaten in the, in the, in the playoffs, you would have crushed, but you would have had Adam. You had Kamara and Thielen, who both had good games. You would have easily beaten me, I think. Which means nothing. Yeah, you got third. Congrats. <laughs> I came in third place. You did. It's all right. Um, so besides that, though, moving on from football, it is time to talk some college football playoffs. Because by the time we come back next week, the semifinals will have been played. So we're just going to talk about the semifinals because, honestly, all the other bowl games have just been meh. There's no great bowl games yet as I stomp on something. Who knows what that was? But it was like a piece of paper. Don't worry. It wasn't like a child. Okay. It's all the shock look on your face. It was a skull. Just like... <laughs> I but told yeah, you to stay down no, there. No fantastic bowl games. So, but we'll talk about the semifinals, which hopefully this year both of them are good. We're going to see if we either one of us think that. First, we have Clemson, Ohio State playing off against each other. It's the two versus three seed. I don't even know if I have this order of which game's playing first. It doesn't matter. They're both happening New Year's Day. Clemson, Ohio State. Ding. That's the right answer. Paul, who do you have in that? Clemson or Ohio State? Clemson. What do you think the score is going to be and why? Um, it's going to be a high-scoring game, 35 to 42. And okay. Clemson wins because Clemson always wins. <laughs> Clemson always wins. I mean, it does help that they have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be most likely the number one draft pick. I'm only going Ohio State. I'm picking Clemson in my bowl pickums, but I'm saying Ohio <laughs> State because I kind of just want to see Dabo Sweeney have that smirk taken off his face. I don't really care. Trevor Lawrence doesn't matter. He's going number one no matter what. But Dabo Sweeney kind of showing the disrespect, saying, yeah, no, Ohio State should be the 11th seed, number 11 team in the country. Glad you're not bitter. I mean, I'm not a fan of either one, I, so it doesn't bother me. But it's one of those things that when you do that as a coach, I feel like you're just giving clip uh, chalkboard, whatever. It's, I can't think of what it's called. Clipboard fodder. What is it? I can't. Whatever it is, oh, where they you got they post it up on the board and basically it's motivation saying like, look what they said about us. For some reason, I can't think of what the exact term is, but you all know what I'm talking about. It's clipboard fodder. It's something like that. Um, poster board fodder. It's one of those. 
Some board. board. There's a board out there with a thing on it that says Davos says Ohio State's number 11 and Ohio State's going, what do you say about us? (laughs) That's what it is. But that's the only reason why for that game. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game too. Uh, I like the fact that it's Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. It's that number one versus number two potential draft pick game. So that's kind of fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be 42-35, but I do think it's going to be probably in that mid-30s range for both teams. Maybe maybe they get into the 40s, which at least would make it exciting. Then we have the other game, Notre Dame-Alabama, which Brian Kelly already came out saying, we really don't care what people think about us and the fact that we get blown out all the time in these major games. Well, Brian, as a Notre Dame fan, you, you, should, you should care a little. You should care a little bit that your team gets absolutely gets their ass handed to them anytime you're in these big game situations because it's, it's not good. It doesn't help you guys. I mean, recruiting wise, you're still like, hey, we're a top five program. But then they go, yeah. But the other four guys literally wipe the floor with you every time. So that's why, as a Notre Dame fan, I am picking Alabama. <laughs> oh my God. I'm picking Notre Dame because I want them to win. I mean, I'm I going want with them the underdog. That's great, but I'm being realistic here. And I think Alabama just wins at like 50 to like seven. Oh, <laughs> it's going to not be pretty. That's a change the channel, watch The Wizard of Oz. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I want to watch this game. And then about 10 minutes in, I'm going to go, hey, remember how I said I want to watch this game? Yeah, I was lying. <laughs> like, please, I'm just going to go in the corner and cry now. That's It's not going to be pretty. I can tell you that right now. Nick Saban's just going to outcoach Brian Kelly in every single way. And Alabama has the AP Offensive Player of the Year in their wide receiver, Smith, who's the first like wide receiver to win that award in a very long time. Uh, they have two guys up for the Heisman finalists, their quarterback and their wide receiver. So Mac Jones and Smith are up for the Heisman. Doesn't bode well when you have two guys out of four in the whole country as finalists and you're going against them as Notre Dame. Just saying, it's, it's not a great thing. Call me crazy. People do every day. Who calls me crazy every day? Oh, boy, I let the cat out of the bag. I was going to say, what have you been saying about me? But, yeah, okay, well, that's that's college football playoffs since you called me crazy. I think you um, you probably got the picks down right exactly where they're going to land. I just – I got the gut. Oh, no, I totally think Clemson's going to win. I just want, you're, I'm doing what you're doing with the Notre Dame game. I yeah. just want to see OSU win for a specific reason. I don't actually think they're going to win. You the- want Notre Dame to win – yeah, the, oh, sure. Ohio, yeah, sorry. You just want to see Notre Dame win because it would just be shocking. Yes. It would so. be like, you know what? It just would be good. Yeah, it would. It would be it just would as shocking it. as the NBA standings right now because, well, everybody's like three games in, but all the really good teams are at the bottom. <laughs> like the Celtics. Like if they're lucky the bucks like no nobody's looking great unless you're cleveland atlanta like teams that you're not used to saying are the top teams in the nba at least lately you're you're not going out going hey cleveland orlando they could be finalists this year for the nba you're just not doing it it's just it's early season those guys had the biggest breaks i mean orlando was in the playoffs but like cleveland's been off for months so their guys are fresh and healthy whereas 
teams like the Celtics and Toronto, Milwaukee, all were were in there towards the end of the playoff runs and only had a three-ish month layoff, which is the shortest in any sports history. The um, early wow. in the season, right? How many games? I know. I was. I was. I was. Oh, you just, froze just, there for a second, Paul. I know. I was. I was just thinking about. It's a long season, and I was just trying in my mind to get my head around how many games they play. I think it's seventy-two. 72, 82, one of those. I forget if they shortened it so, this year. And they and they're back. They're back playing in their home, uh, home 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 uh, court. And Courts. let's let's see how that goes. <laughs> wow! Okay, oh my Paul? god! Look at this water bottle. <laughs> oh man, uh, I know you had uh, some strong feelings about your Celtics. You watched them on Christmas Day. They were winning at halftime, and then. Um, I guess they like opened up their gifts or had some like cookies at halftime or something because I know some teams have like peanut butter and jelly, right? They have the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't know what the hell they did, but I think they put mud in their shoes or cement in their shoes. I think they they had some melatonin. (laughs) You think? (laughs) No. What is it? Tryptophan. They all, I was going to say, they also all had a turkey also. (laughs) It was bad. It was bad. It was just like they fell apart. And again, I know it's three games in, but. You know, I yelling at the TV, Jeepers Crow. Yeah, what the I've, heck? I've turned you into quite the sports guy with you're now watching all different sports. You're yelling at the TV, you're tweeting. Like, I, I've my your daughter, and my wife has said, I've created a monster. You have because my I'm wife is like, What are you doing? I, I'm tweeting. I'm not the only one now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tweeting and I, I think I'm tweeting. I might sometimes I have to delete the tweet, attach something to it. I don't know. I'll get there. <laughs> that's something to it. That sounds you're just like, oops, did not mean to send out that photo. <laughs> Why is there a political thing attached to my sports tweet? <laughs> yes, you got very confused. You accidentally hit a hashtag one time and you were like, I did not mean to do that. Uh, but Paul, one good thing which the beginning of the season has developed in Cleveland, outside of the fact that they're undefeated, which is just weird to say, three games in at least. I mean, one game in, you could say, okay, they're undefeated but it's one game. They're three and oh, it's, it's weird, but they have a backcourt duo who has given, been given a new nickname. It might be the best one ever. Let's, let's hear it. So it's the backcourt is compromised of Sexton and Garland. Speaking of Christmas bells, (laughs) man, you got to learn to silence your phone, Paul, when we record this is, this is unprofessional. I have to leave this in the recording now. It's just, come on. Anyway, Sexton and Garland are the backcourt duo, and they have been given the duo nickname of Sexland. That is horrible. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> are you facing Cleveland this week? Yeah, they got Sexland in that backcourt, man. Dripping. How do you say that on national television in the middle of the afternoon? Well, kids are think, watching. I don't think who what kids are watching in the middle. What game is being played in the middle of the afternoon on a regular basis? It's okay. like maybe on Sunday. Yeah. So kids are yeah, I don't dad, think what? the announcer's going up and he, there's the backcourt duo of Sexland. Now all the writers and people it's, like you and I are gonna say it. Exactly. It's been dubbed on Twitter, so therefore it's official. And if they start to suck. 
That takes a whole new turn. <laughs> oh, Sexland really blows. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <clears throat> Early in the NBA season, there's hope for everybody. There is hope for everybody. Especially with Sexland. Exactly. Speaking of no, I'm not speaking of Sexland. Speak. <laughs> oh, I gotta catch my breath for a second there. Amazon. That's right. Amazon. Christmas is over. Maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but Amazon has everything you could ever hope for. Maybe you have somebody's birthday coming up right around the corner and you need to quickly shop for them. But if you do, make sure you go to 12onsportsnetwork.com first. Click on the Amazon link. It'll take you to Amazon right from there. It helps us out. Costs you nothing to do. All you have to do is quickly go to our site first. Click our link for Amazon before going. Helps us out. You do it. Takes nothing off of you. All it does is that Amazon gets a little money taken away from them and given to us at 12 on Sports. Helps everybody out. Makes everybody feel good and nice and happy. Therefore, don't forget 12onsportsnetwork.com slash Amazon. Check it out anytime you go on Amazon to shop. All right, Paul. We're back with last thing to cover, some MLB news. That is right. It has been a boring offseason, but the San Diego Padres changed that literally within a matter of hours last night when they made two, not one, blockbuster trade, two blockbuster trades where they acquired Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays and Hugh Darvish from the Cubs giving up a boatload of prospects for both, but basically saying we're all in for this year. The question is, does it make a difference? They're against, they have the Dodgers in their division, the reigning world series champions who are stacked as is the Padres going all in acquiring a former Cy Young winner and a guy that's been in the race many times before. Doesn't make a difference. What do you, do you like the moves the Padres made? Do you like the fact that they're going all in, basically depleting that farm system, at least for the next few years, to go for a World Series title? It, you know, they're, they're making some very specific moves. That's that's ballsy, I guess. I guess it's ballsy because, man, you got two great guys and psh, gone. So. Do I like it? I guess if I was... I mean, if you're a Padres fan, you got to like it. Yeah. Oh, if you're a Padres fan, you're all over it. Yeah. If you're a Cubs and Tampa guys, fan. You, you're giving up your prospects, right? You're giving up anybody that was anybody. But you have a shot this year. Yeah. I mean, they were in it last year. They made the playoffs. I mean, they get now two big arms to throw in there also. I, it's a great move when you look at it for what it is. You get two certified stud starting pitchers who have shown that they can pitch well against major league hitters consistently. One was in the World Series against the Dodgers last year. So overall, I like the move. Do I like the fact that it depletes the farm system? No, but at the same time, none of those guys are proven commodities in the MLB. All of them could be duds. You just never know. The Red Sox did it years ago when they traded Hanley Ramirez to the Marlins to get um, Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell back. That led to a World Series title. Hanley Ramirez became one of the best baseball players in the league for many years. 
The Red Sox knew there was that chance, but they exchanged it for a World Series title. And therefore, you kind of, if the Padres win a title, you kind of go, okay. Worth and it. now you're attractive to other players. It's, I guess it's for the yeah. boy, but you got to win it. You got to, you got to. Yeah, you got to hope you do. So you're all in. there are people out there that are chicken and there are people out there that are pigs. Yeah. So if and you're the chicken, you're the egg. If you're the bacon, you're all in. Look at you with these things. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> I, I I thought about it. Uh, also, though, with that news coming out, obviously fan bases get riled up being like, why didn't my team do that move? Why didn't we try to go for that? Stephen Cohen, who is now the owner of the Mets, who has been very honest with the Mets fandom, everybody with the different moves they're doing, how they're doing things, tweeted out last night saying, hey, give the Padres credit. They had a top five farm system that gave them flexibility to trade for Snell. Newsflash, the Mets farm system needs to be replenished. Basically saying their farm system sucks and we can't make these type of trades or get these guys through trade when we have nobody of value to trade for them. Like it's just not possible. I can pay guys tons of money to come to us, but guys like this who you need to trade for contracts and players can't do it. Got to give us time there. I kind of like it. I kind of like the fact that he's an owner who is just basically just on Twitter. Like, Hey, listen, I know, th- I know it sucks that we didn't get him, but who do you want us to trade from? We have a garbage can and we have the janitor who takes out the garbage from it. They're not going to want that. <laughs> they got to have something. They got to get something from him that he's got a plan. That's all. Oh, he's definitely got a plan. He's got all the money in the world. He basically said, I will spend the money to get the guys here. It's just a matter of getting them there and having them prove themselves. Yep. And they got to want to come. Exactly. Well, money talks in a lot of ways. You always know, follow the money. Follow the green. If one owner, if one owner is putting down $5 bills to the stadium and the other's putting down 20s, which one am I following? Uh, 20s? Exactly. <laughs> Look at us uh, on the same page there. <laughs> I think 20 size and five. If one of them has a picnic basket and the other one doesn't, which one hey, am I following? <laughs> hey, oh, that's how it goes. Though that's our MLB news because again, it's been a very boring offseason. But Blake Snell and you Darvish blockbuster trades. Those are big ones. I, I couldn't tell you about the prospects that got traded because I just I don't follow farm systems enough outside of the Red Sox because. Red Sox fan. How do you think that? How do you how do you think that conversation goes? What do you mean? Hey, hey, I I got a deal for you. Oh yeah, no. Everybody goes like in my entire farm system for those two. <laughs> That's essentially how it goes. It essentially, it goes. Hey, we will trade you so and so. If you give us Snell, what will it take to get him? More so is probably what it went like. With hey, we are willing to give up these X, Y, and Z prospects. You can pick two from this tier, two from this tier, and like a t- one from this tier. And whatever you put together, we'll talk. And if we like it, we'll trade it. But usually what happens, usually it's kind of like a tier system where you have your top tier prospects, your middle tier, and your low tier. And you're like, okay, take your picks from these, this specific. You group together and you say, what do you think? Yeah. And they all say, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and then you go, well, we're still going to do it. And they go, well, yeah, obviously. We're still going to do it. It all works if they win. Yeah, it's it all does. Good. Everybody forgets everything as long as you win. 
Everybody knows that. Uh, yep. Dan Dombrowski with the Red Sox traded away like everybody in the farm system for Chris Sale. It sucks right now, but they with won a World Series, so everybody kind of forgives it. Yep. With any luck, he comes back. And then he got fired, and so <laughs> he is now. I think the Phillies, the Phillies have him. So good luck there. President of baseball? No, he's a uh, Dombrowski is now in Philadelphia. I think. Yeah, is he is he president yeah, of baseball? Like the GM, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know if he's GM. He might be pres- president of baseball yeah, operations. Whatever that does. Basically, it's the GM, just a fancy different name. Yep. But that's all for baseball. That's all for all the sports, at least for this week that we're going to cover. Paul, we have New Year's coming up. I would say, do you have any big plans? But, you know, COVID. COVID. (laughs) You know, you're also a big New Year's guy. You're always out of the clubs New Year's Eve with your wife, you know, partying. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, when we were in Jersey, we were at Times Square. Yeah, you know, fist pumping the New Year's in. No bathrooms for seven hours. Drinking. Wearing a diaper. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. So that's not me. Um, if I'm up till midnight, it's a miracle. Yeah, I've you, dozed you, off eight or nine times. Wake yeah, up, take, wake up. You take cat naps. That's it. You um, watch the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone marathon's kind of lost its luster now that everything's on demand, right? I mean, did it? I don't know. No, I'm I'm definitely a, a Twilight Zoner. I know you are. There were some I don't like. I just fast forward right through, and then there's others that I could watch five times in a row. Exactly. I had all the time in the world. <laughs> if you matter. ever watched Twilight Zone, and you might understand that reference. For everybody else, like I don't what broken glasses. It shows how much I've watched that with you. <laughs> yes, yes. And that and Judy Judy Bang Bang. Yes. All right. So, Paul, any last parting words for our loyal listeners entering the new year, 2021? So we've gone through Thanksgiving. We've gone through Christmas. We got to get through New Year's. We got to be safe. We got to do it. We got to just do what we got to do. So next year, it's party scene all over. Get your shots. Wear your mask. Get shot, do what you shot, can. Shot, shot, shot. Oh, you mean like yeah, vaccine shots? Got it. Okay. Oh, write that down. You said party, uh, and then shots. So I got confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. You know, party shots. What are those keg stands? Exactly. Probably not a lot of keg sales out there, right? Because I know nobody... things things are going to be a little different, probably as things open back up and get back to normal. Certain things will probably stay like they were, and some will look a bit different. Such as yeah, it's new stadiums really might have different seating. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So yeah, I, I I'm not sure I go to even even next year, New Year's Eve. I'm not going to New York for that. I'm I just I'm, crowds are done. <laughs> like you're still trying to play it off that you go to New Year's in New York. <laughs> oh. Yeah, me and uh, Dick Clark were like this until Dick got the phone. And then now, now you and Ryan are like that, right? Yeah, he's got that whole Billy Porter thing going on. He he dumped what's her name, right? Who used to get kissed there? Uh, no, that was Kath- Kathy Griffin. Was CNN? No, not oh, Kathy Griffin. Uh, Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. How come she's not doing it this year? I don't. I don't know. But she's fun to watch. She's hysterical. <laughs> well, Paul, I will say for my last things for the sports dance nation going to 2021. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Whenever you do, we appreciate it. If you like us, don't forget to like and subscribe. Check out everything else on 12 on Sports Network. 
We're a great group of shows growing in numbers. It's fantastic to be a part of. We have to say thanks to 12 on sports for letting us do this weekly and putting out a show for all of you. Uh, we're going to keep doing, keep improving, keep adding to the show, keep it fun, keep it light. It's what Paul and I like to do. Basically feel like you're just talking to listening to two guys, shoot the shit that, you know, have as much sports knowledge as you do. Uh, so thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully you have a happy and safe new year's. Like Paul said, we'll see you in 2021. Paul, any last words? See you in 2021. And I think you have a little bit more knowledge than anybody knows. Well, yeah, I can't toot my own horn that much, but thank you. <laughs> well, I, I have to toot it because exactly. that guy, this should be a show about a guy who knows nothing about anything. I don't think you would have a show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't Seinfeld about nothing? You would be like, hey, so um, I like to eat wings during football games. Does that count? <laughs> I was going to tell you what I'm having on New Year's Eve for dinner, but. Yeah, let's not. Let's not drag that, drag that no, out for this final minute of the show. <laughs> that could be for days. Yeah. All right. Like I said, though, thanks again for tuning in. As always, thanks for checking us out. Don't forget, like and subscribe. Tell a friend to check us out if you think, you know, we're funny enough. I like to think we are. But 2021, going to be bigger, better things for the sports stance and 12 on sports in general. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our stance on sports. My name is Greg. With me, as always, is Paul at SidekickPaul83 on Twitter. Go check him out. He's tweeting a lot more now. Have a happy and safe New Year's Eve. Catch you all in the new year. The Sports Sports Dance. Dance.